Attention Nashville, Tennessee area drivers. Commodore Express is actively hiring CDLA team truck drivers for our West Coast operations. This is an in and out and back type operation. 4,500 plus miles per week. We offer full benefits package and above average pay package and an achievable bonus for more than four turns per month. We are a family oriented company that takes pride in our values, honesty, respect, and integrity. We can work with full-time, part-time, retired, or casual drivers. Visit our website at www.commodoreexpress.net to learn more about us and request an online application. Or call Robert in recruiting for more information at 615-287-5140, extension 1. That's 615-287-5140, extension 1. We look forward to seeing you in one of our seats. Albert Elise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubba Rodriguez again. Scoring goals left and right. Elise with the assist. All right, everyone, it's happened. It has happened. Matt Jordan is gone. He's wrapping it up. He's been relieved of his duties. And we can move the fuck on as a franchise. Now, Matt's uh, seven years saw a U.S. Open Cup win. They saw a Western Conference Finals run. They saw the development of arguably... Arguably two of our best players ever in Elise and Minotas. They saw the lack of development with Romel Kyoto. And the past, God almighty, it's been this long, three years, a, a steady drop in the table to where 20, what, God, Jesus, four years? You know, we've gone from Western Conference, semi, uh, Western Conference finalists to where we are now, which is bottom of the table. Now, I could talk about Matt Jordan, talk badly about Matt Jordan for all day. Everybody else is doing it. I don't think I need to reiterate the things that people have said. I will say that I'm, I'm very happy this came at a good time. I think it will create a sense that, a sense in the supporters that the ownership actually is taking this seriously. When Jordan was extended, it, it was kind of like a big fuck you to everybody. But now that he has been removed by Ted Siegel, and then Ted immediately came on Glenn Davis and did an interview, which we're going to break down very shortly, that's a signal that Siegel is serious. He's listened to the fans, he's looked at the results, and he made the decision that Matt Jordan is not who is best for our club. Now, one thing that concerns me in this GM search is that a lot of people are really high on former players coming in as GMs. Guys, they don't have experience. Matt Jordan was the exact same way. I said it on Christian's town hall Sunday night or Monday night, whatever night, Monday night. Matt Jordan was a player for the Impact and then he was their technical director. Then he came here and did the same job. And he actually had experience when he came here. But Montreal relieved him after three seasons. He lasted seven here. 
I do not want a former player with no general management experience running my club. Not now. We just did that. I don't want to do it again. This franchise, in my opinion, cannot take more, any more time than we've already wasted on a project, on an experiment. <clears throat> Go get someone who knows what they're doing and who is proven. Now, I also really stressed and emphasized in Christian's town hall, Cuatro Cuatro Dos, great show, check him out. FC Dallas. FC Dallas, as much as we dislike them and as much as we hate them, the one thing they have right, that they've done right, and that's one thing, they've done a lot of things right, guys. 17 playoff appearances in 24 years. They've done a lot right. Their stadium's shit. But they've done quite a bit correctly. Their front office has done things right. They are the top European talent producer in America. They have the best academy in America. Well, they don't, they don't win championships. Right. They sell their guys, like a guy said um, in the Discord, they are selling their guys at peak value, which is not something we've done. If Elisa Minotas had been sold in a year prior, we would have made five, ten times what we made on them. But they weren't. So now we're hoping for uh, sell-on clauses, sell-on percentages. No, FC Dallas have done it right. You look at the Oakland Athletics, okay, with Billy Bean. Billy Bean went and he found somebody doing what he wanted to do, and he poached him. And I'm not saying we go get, uh, I think his name is Feruzzi, Marco Feruzzi from Dallas. But under Feruzzi, there are guys that have watched what he does and that have been there before 2018, which is when he got there. And they know how to create, manage, run, and develop a successful youth academy. And guys, that's what we are. We are the minor leagues of professional soccer. We're double A. We're double A. We're a double A ball club making the analogy between soccer and baseball. And that's fine. That's totally fine. We have to accept that, though. You can't go out there and say, we need to go sign Messi. We need to spend money on Chicharito. Why? They're depreciating assets. Chicharito is not going to make money on his sale for L.A. Yes, he will put asses in the seats. But they're not going to make money off of him. Not when they sell him or they release him on a free. Same thing with Ibrahimovic. Any of them. There's nothing impressive about Zlatan Ibrahimovic or, or Wayne Rooney or David Beckham or Chicharito coming here and crushing MLS. They're supposed to do that. If, if coming here was a challenge, they'd have been here in their mid to late 20s. Gonzalo Higuain said, I expected this to be a cakewalk. And he's fat and out of shape and apparently smokes, which is impressive to smoke and still be a professional athlete. But you're not going to come here and struggle. Unless you're overweight or your team is absolute garbage. And if you're going to spend money on a former Premier League player, odds are your team isn't garbage. Odds are you have quality people in those important positions. So Jordan's gone. I hope we hire somebody with experience. Tab Ramos apparently is going to be getting a fair shake. Mm. What happens if we get to 20? We get to 20 matches with no wins. What happens then? How long do we let this run? How long is that leash, Ted? Because if I'm the owner, and I'm not, my leash is very short. 
very short on Tab Ramos. I think Tab is a wonderful human being. I've said this before. I just think as a coach, he's not there yet. He's not. The best coaches in the world, the best coaches, the Ancelotti's, the Bielsa's, yeah, he's good. Guardiola's, the Mourinho's, those guys are older. They've done it for a while. Yes, Tab's, what is he, late 40s? He's getting close to that prime age. But he was a player, player for years. He's behind in the coaching game. He's not one of these guys that came up through the academy, got hurt, became a coach. He's not one of them. He played, legit. He was a player. Player. So he's got room to grow. The problem is we're not in a position to wait. We've been waiting. We've been waiting for years. Can't wait anymore. We need to see an improvement now. And I think we have a lineup that can that can do that. So Jordan's leaving. Awesome. Whew, Friday, Portland is coming to town. Portland just had a huge, huge victory against the Seattle Sounders. They Going into that match, they hadn't won in three. They had two losses and a draw. It looked like us. They shut the Sounders out. All right? They're in six in the West. Defense has been spotty all year, but they kept a clean sheet against Seattle, which is no easy task. As you know, our club, our one and only club, hasn't won in 15 fucking matches. We've also only scored 24 goals in 20 matches. Here's another number. We've given up the third most goals in the Western Conference. The only thing you can look at and say we got a shot is the fact that we played them to a draw earlier. Pasher's coming back too. So we are a different team than when we met them earlier. I think we're a better team. But being better doesn't always equate, being better on paper doesn't equate to points in the points column. So last week, uh, Sounders lose 2-0 to Portland. Blanco and Mora had, two, uh, had a goal apiece. Blanco also, no, Mora had the assist to Blanco in the end, so Felipe Mora was on both goals. He was involved. Portland won the match, even though they lost on the score sheet, the stat sheet, excuse me. They lost possession, they lost the shots, all that, okay? The Timbers, however, have given up the most goals in the West, and they've given up 10 in their last three prior to the Sounders match. So they are leaky. This is a, this is a, a game that we can win. Mora leads the, their, their club with eight goals, and he also leads with three assists. Uh, Esparilla has five goals. Portland is in the playoff race, but they are tied with us for the worst goal differential in the West at negative 10. For them, Bravo and Williamson are on the injury report. We don't know if they're going to play. And for us, we're going to see uh, Marco and Bartlow on the injury report. Now for us, 15 in a row without a win. We score a goal in the first minute, and we end up losing at home 2-1 to one to Minnesota. That's, that's not good. Karaskia scores his first goal. I think Adalberto is going to be improving. I think Maxi and him will get, some, uh, get a little feel for each other. Adding Pasher, adding Pasher back to this lineup is going to create some, some opportunities and some chances to play on quick on the counter. We know Fafa can do it. Fafa leads. He's tied for the lead with Maxi, six goals, and he has three assists. So Fafa's been doing his job. He's been plugging away. This season, one draw and one loss against Portland. We gave up two goals in each match. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking Portland scores two. I really am. We've given up two goals in each of our last six matches. And in those six matches, we have five losses and a draw. 
Pastor's still questionable. I imagine we see him. I think we have to. Last 15 matches, we have five losses and 10 draws. We have 10 points out of 15. So last six home games, uh, is that right? Four losses and two draws? No. I don't even know anymore. I don't know how to read these sometimes. We've been shit. We've been terrible. So talked about Matt Jordan. Did a little pregame. We've seen him twice. We know what to expect. Let's jump into the, uh, the interview with Ted Siegel, and I'm going to give you my spin on what I think he means as well as um, – shit, I don't know. My spin on what he thinks he means and my interpretation as far as how it makes me feel because, as you know, my feelings are important. So Glenn Davis interview with Ted Siegel. Let's break this shit down. Are the fans going to see in Houston a little bit more? Because that's one thing they've clamored for. They, they want their owner to be out in front, and they want to see him. Yeah, look, uh, you, you can uh, definitely count on me to, to be there quite a bit. Uh, I anticipate coming down uh, in September. Um, and uh, wish I could have made it to a few more games uh, earlier this summer. A few family obligations uh, uh, kept me away. As, as you guys know, I'm a parent of some young children. There's a lot of uh, obligations I have with them. Um, I was able to make it, unfortunately, not uh, coinciding with, with the game uh, earlier in the month uh, in conjunction with our uh, World Cup bid. Yeah, you being here is going to be important because I don't recall the last time I saw Brenner or I know Walker's been there, but I don't remember ever seeing Brenner there. And, you know, Ted does have businesses to run, family to raise. It's a two-hour plane ride. We've seen him here three times already. He's already said he's going to come back again. So him being an active owner is something we we've, we've definitely all want and something that we're looking forward to. And it's something we need, right? Like we want our owner to be up there watching. You look at the Premier League clubs, La Liga, the owners are there every match, or at least the general manager. You know, so, yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to seeing you here. Uh, so far, so good with your reign, brother. Okay, so Matt Jordan has moved on the general manager position. These are tough decisions in life, in sports, no question about it. Um, the search for the replacement, will that come, do you believe, within MLS? Could that be outside MLS? Have you determined that? Look, I, I, I uh, don't want to give away all of the elements of our search um, because, uh, for starters, we're not the only club currently out there in the marketplace looking uh, for uh, somebody to fill the GM position. That's smart. No, you're not going to ever hear the whole story. No, we're not going to ever get the whole behind-the-scenes action. It's not our responsibility. It's not our job. It would be negligent of ownership to do that because then other teams would have a leg up. You know, we can't do that. So I've noticed with Ted, he always says the right thing, and that is... So nice to hear. It, it's really, God, it's refreshing. He doesn't let emotion play into his decisions, it seems like. He doesn't get carried away. He's, for lack of a better term, a little bit vanilla. But that's fine, man. If you're going to spend money and be vanilla, freaking I'll be your chocolate sprinkle. Um, on, the, on the role of your head coach now, I know you're a big fan of Tab Ramos. I certainly am. Uh, what's his status? This is year two of his contract. Where does the head coach sit right now? Because head, heart, and soul tells me this is, you know, fans want to know about this too. 
Sure. Um, what, what I'll say is that there are no imminent decisions being made with respect to TAP. Um, what I said on announcement day is that we're going to give everybody a fair shake. Um, and uh, although it wasn't um, uh, a decision that uh, I, I, I sought to make uh, or enjoyed making, rather, uh, with respect to Matt, who I have to say is a person of the finest character and I know uh, was invested and, and deeply desired success in the club, um, uh, we are where we are in the standings and uh, we are in a 15-game winless streak, um, which has coincided a, a lot with my uh, short stint as owner. Um, and, and so that coupled uh, with, with uh, our, our past record, record of uh, success or lack thereof under Matt's tenure uh, led me to that specific decision. But with respect to other uh, personnel, I'm not going to uh, state that any decision is imminent. Once again, the perfect business-like response. And if you tuned into Glenn and you figured he was going to say, Tab has five games, Tab has two games, Tab needs to do this, Tab needs to do that. It's not what's going to happen. In reality, when that new GM comes in, that new GM is going to have a coaching profile in mind, and he probably knows someone. Whoever they pick to fill this spot, man, they have a guy in mind, the GM will, once they pick the GM. So as far as I'm concerned, I do think Tab's days are 100% numbered. I, I don't foresee him staying. I see him finishing the season. I don't see him coming back next year. And that's fine. That's fine. He, I have no ill will towards him. Ted, um, is it a role that could be filled by two people? Um, you know, could you have a sporting director and then somebody that's more of a GM type? Is that something that's considered? It, it, it is certainly going to be a consideration. We're, we're, uh, we're uh, making our evaluations right now. Um, we are in our early days of the search. We're going to see what type of candidates we're able to field and who express interest to be here. I do think it is an appealing location and appealing opportunity, uh, both with respect to, again, uh, the quality city and the, and the successful history of, of Houston. Now, me personally, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with having a GM, technical director, coach. The more, the merrier, to be honest. But at the end of the day, the decision on which players to bring in and which players to sign, that's got to be a conversation between the coach and the GM. The more eyes we can have on players, the more players we can identify. No, you. what is the old saying? Too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Oh, you fucking 2021. Too many chiefs, not enough Native Americans. Okay? That's how the saying goes now. But the, the more eyes, the more ideas, the more diversity you have... And the more knowledge you put into a room, the better the results are going to be, in my opinion. All right. So let's talk a little bit about roster spend in the future, because the competitive side, obviously, is, is an area the fans go to right away. And, you know, they got inquiring minds. They want to know what's going to happen. So in, a, in let's say, a current 2017 league, where do you want to fall as far as roster spend? Um, so uh, I'm not going to get into the very specifics of, of where we're going to be. What I will say is that uh, we have set an objective to, to spend materially higher than we were last year. I, I, uh, um, I, I think uh, the team uh, or our fans rather will be uh, uh, pleasantly surprised with uh, what shakes out with respect to roster spend in, in the coming offseason. Top seven in the West. That's where you need to be. That's top 14 overall. That's top half of the payroll. Top seven in the West is where you need to be. Because, logically, the more you spend, the better you do. If you don't believe me, 
you haven't been paying attention. But the more you spend, the better you typically do. If we're top seven, that's playoff spot. Playoffs generate more money, more fans, more media coverage. That's what we need. Again, Ted isn't going to go and he's not going to tell us how much he wants to spend. No, he didn't do that the first time around when Victor asked him the question. So it was a good question, but we don't know. Material, materially higher. Yeah, man, we've been, we've been pretty low for a while. So we're living in a crack house and we, we just want, we want a nice double wide. You know, we, we want a nice double wide. We can come home. We can, you know, clean our, our shoes off. The wife's making dinner. The spending we've had is the equivalent of like we walk in, there's a crack house. There's a fucking guy overdosed on the floor. And, you know, the only thing you get to eat is a bag of potato chips from the hotel vending machine down the street. So, te- Teddy, can I call you Teddy? Just, just a nice, clean double wide in a decent area with average schools. You give us that and we'll be all right, man. Before I move on to this, let's just talk about stars. Stars are important in sports. You know that people are attracted to a singular guy for teams. Is that something that you think is important in MLS and for the Houston market? I think it's uh, getting the right star because I think we've seen examples uh, in MLS of, of the right star uh, uh, translating to great success for, for the club. And you've seen uh, other individuals uh, who might be taking a victory lap in MLS, although that's less of the uh, 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 less commonplace now than in uh, previous times in MLS, but you've seen examples of uh, folks coming in MLS who are so-called stars and, and not playing that way. Yeah, they fucking play for Miami. They play for Beckham. That's where they all go. We've also seen a, quote, star, unquote, Darwin Quintero, be frozen out, put in the doghouse, and not able to perform. It's not that he can, it's just he doesn't get the opportunity. But no, we have to find the right star. He's right. And you have to find a star that's going to appeal to the diverse population here in Houston. By diverse, somebody said it in Discord, uh, Hispanic. Let's bring in a Hispanic star, even if he's an exciting young one. Because we all know in this city, depending on your race is going to depend upon which sports you watch. Call me racist if you want, but stereotypes exist for a reason. When it comes to sports especially. All right? So we got to find a star that appeals to the Hispanics and is okay with everybody else. Ideally, one that could, two of them, three of them. Okay? There is a large population. There's a large African population here from Africa. Nigerian, to be exact. And we sign a Zimbabwean. Okay, let's start. He's from the same continent. But when we get, if we get, someone like Ochoa, right, Mexico's keeper, bro, not only is he gorgeous and he's good, but he's going to bring those fans out. And we've seen those Mexican, the Mexican national team come out, man, and they're fucking wild. So, yes, we need the right star, 100%. So as much as we talk about the competitive side, what about the front office? Will there be changes in the front office and, and the way operationally things are done and personnel? So I, uh, as I said on my announcement, um, we're, we're going to give everybody a fair shake. I think uh, what, what we uh, just announced yesterday is uh, uh, the result of one assessment. We're, we're continuing to make assessments. I would uh, add as we started this discussion that, that no uh, further changes are currently imminent. Um, but we're making a holistic review of all facets of the organization and how we can improve it. I did see 
uh, a member of the front office the day after Jordan's firing, termination, he, uh, he resigned. I can't remember his name. He had a Hispanic name. But, yes, I said it on the, I think it was the hashtag Fire Matt Jordan episode of the last one. We need a top-to-bottom cleaning in this organization, and we need some, uh, what is it, waste management, right, where we look at where we're spending money and we reallocate it efficiently. You can, you can do this. You, you can run a club like the Dynamo. You can do this. With the payroll that we have, if you do it efficiently, the problem is we have not. It is possible to have a bottom 10 payroll and a top 10 team. It's done all the time in baseball, all the time. So to say we can't do that here, to say that you can't do it in soccer, look at Ajax. Yes, they, they run their league, but these fucking guys were Champions League semifinalists. They very well could have been finalists, except for, you know, fucking Tottenham. Lucas Mora. But yeah, you can have a bottom 10 payroll and a top 10 club, but you have to identify areas where you can reallocate funds or remove funds and put them somewhere else. So setting that bar higher, obviously, is going to be a big deal. Um, and a winning culture is, is very important. Look, you've got more business experience than I'll ever have. So I'll say that up front. But how do you instill that in your organization? I mean, does that come through hires? Does it come through additional motivation in other ways, uh, changing the culture? How do you do that as a businessman? Yeah, so I, I think there are a few elements to it. And, and uh, the sports business and, uh, and professional sports is unique from a lot of other uh, business organizations. Um, so uh, my reference to uh, success on the pitch is irrelevant to a lot of <laughs> other businesses. But I will say it's uh, instilling the right people in, in, in uh, the appropriate positions, giving them the resources to succeed, um, which I'm not always certain has been the case in the past year. And, and as I've said before, and I continue to commit, um, there will be a commitment to devoting the resources necessary to succeed. Plain and simple, what we need to do is not reinvent the wheel here. We just need to borrow ideas from others, fine polish them, and make them ours. If you try and reinvent the wheel in sports, you'll lose. You look at these coaching trees that exist. For instance, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Bill Belichick. Belichick's coaches that leave, they typically fail, right? Not because they're bad coaches. It's because Belichick has surrounded himself with good, experienced coaches and front office staff that are all working towards the same goal. So when we bring in our new GM, he needs to get the pick, he or she needs to get the pick of who is coming with me, right? Jerry Maguire style, fucking goldfish is coming with me. He needs to get the pick and we need to give him what he needs and then stand back and put him on a time frame. What is your plan? What is your one year, your two year, your three and your five year plan? Because without a plan and without organization, we're going to be in the same boat we've been in for the last seven years. Houston, as a soccer community, what do you see? I, I see a passionate, passionate sports uh, uh, fan base and, and passionate for their soccer. I'm an idiot. I had the mic off and I recorded four segments and didn't even have it. So 
Houston as a soccer community, what, what do we want to see? Passionate? Yeah, we're passionate. We're tired of being, you know, pouring our blood, sweat, and tears, and money into this club, and it's not being returned. I've said it before, like, our relationship is kind of like a battered woman, right? Here's a, here's a better one. We give all this, and we haven't gotten anything back. And to me, I'm going to go to a relationship analogy, because as you know, I'm a relationship expert. Fucking good at ending them. So we are basically the woman in this relationship and the dynamo have been the man. Bear with me. Every time we go and we perform together, right, match, sex, they come but we don't. Every time. Why? It's because it's not exciting. We're not getting, we're putting our, our, we're acting it out, we're making the noises, you know, ah, we're doing all that, but you're not making us come. We want that euphoric explosion of passion and that feeling, but you haven't given it to us. And it seemed like you don't even care. It seems like you're fine to just pump away, pump away. Uh, uh. Then you fucking roll over and go to bed. And we're left there to diddle ourselves while you're sleeping or to go out and grab the laptop or, or cell phone, put on the Pornhub and double click that mouse. Ted, all I'm saying to you is, Make us come again. Those authentic fans that you just spoke about that were coming out for the Gold Cup and that continually support Mexico when they come here, um, and they come from all over the world, as you said, very diverse soccer community. How do we reach out in the future, or, or have you thought a lot about reaching out in the future to the authentic soccer fan, which, in my opinion, in the past has been neglected. That's just my very humble judgment. Um, and, and will there be... Additionally to that, more Hispanic outreach, you think, in the future? Well, I, 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 I certainly uh, welcome more Hispanic outreach. Um, that, that there needs to be recognition that, that this is a, a significant component of our community. And, uh, and uh, that uh, community is, is uh, very enthusiastic about the sport of soccer. Um, if, if, uh, if they are holding back from their support, it, it does continue to come back. Uh, to a question of uh, uh, what is the product that we are offering them. If we can tap into the Hispanic population, we'll never have a game that's half full. We'll be three quarters full. It'll be loud. They might have to stop the game because of the homophobic chants, but we can fix that. How do we tap into the Hispanic population? Well, you can go sign a Mexican national team guy. You can start developing Hispanic players. I mean, which Memo's Hispanic, but he's from Wharton. I think a short-term solution is always to sign somebody that fits that, that demographic. I mean, somebody posted we have a massive Nigerian population here and our only African players from Zimbabwe. It'd be pretty easy to go find us a Nigerian. Just got to pony up some money. But these are tactics we used with Honduras, with Elise, with Boniek, with Minor Figueroa, because we see them. So there's nothing wrong with going after Panamanian Honduran, El Salvadorian. There's nothing wrong with this mix that we've done. The problem is we're not bringing anybody that's exciting. Minotis was exciting. Elise was exciting. Kyoto was exciting. Sorry, but Boniac Garcia is not that exciting. He's been a fantastic servant to the club, and he is the elder statesman, him and Minor Figueroa, but they're not exciting. We don't, nobody really comes to watch a defensive midfielder. We come to watch him score goals. 
my favorite player for the past couple of years before he was sent off was Kiki Struna. And he's not a sexy player. I mean, he's, he's, he's got cool tattoos. But he wasn't sexy. I just like the way he played the game. I love the way Tim Parker plays the game. But you want to appeal to the masses? You got to be sexy, man. You got to get somebody to score goals, to light things up, a little bit of flair, right? So that's a huge untapped resource. And I, I think we are exploring ways to fix that. Um, okay, so if we just continue on with, with Houston as a city, and, and you know, I, I look at what other clubs do, they involve a lot of their locals, whether it's player development, whether it's in front offices that have, and this is the big piece of it, soccer passionate backgrounds, a deep rooted passion. For the sport, do you feel this organization needs a few more Houstonians in there? And additionally, to being Houstonians, those that have a deep-rooted passion for the game. Well, of course, we need people who have a deep-rooted passion for the game. That that that's uh, essential to uh, the su- success of a club like ours. Um, what I will say is, it would be uh, uh, very nice to add uh, additional Houstonians to our organization. Uh, and in particular, uh, what I'd like to highlight, and, and you, Glenn, as somebody who has uh, uh, been involved with the sport in this city since 1984, um, I, I'd like to welcome back a lot more of our uh, players uh, from from the glory days, right? So the, the problem that I have with hiring old players, it's, it's, it's a form of nepotism. And... It doesn't always work. It didn't work with Matt Jordan. Just because you play doesn't mean you can manage. Just because you play doesn't mean you can coach and vice versa. Just because you can coach doesn't mean you can play. And just because you can coach doesn't mean you're a GM. It goes all the ways. So, yeah, involve them. We get excited. We remember those glory days. I think the Noodle Time podcast is named after that. Bring that atmosphere back. Get them involved. Do outreach have kids meet them, have them go back out to these, these practices where you can meet the players. I don't remember the last time we've done that. There's a lot of ways to do this. There's a lot of ways to involve the Brian Chings, the Stu Holdens, the Tally Halls, the Chibalas. But you don't have to give them a job running the club. They need to earn it like everybody else. And I want a qualified, experienced GM. I don't want another experiment. The experiment with Matt Jordan was an abject failure. We need somebody who is legit, has done it before, and has proven that their system works and they're a winner. Again, um, presence in in Houston, you said you'll come during the year. Will you be available to come on shows like this every once in a while? I mean, like, can we invite you back every once in a while for sort of an update from the top man? Because, again, I think tonight this will be a big hit for the fans. Glenn, you don't need to invite me back. If you weren't inviting me, I'd be volunteering. I'm, I'm happy to come on programs like this. I'm happy to make myself available. I think it's an important part of, uh, of my involvement as an owner. And so not only will you be seeing more of me on the ground, but uh, I'm, I'm happy to come back anytime uh, that, that you welcome me. So I've sent two invites to Ted to come on my show, and uh, they haven't responded, which is expected. I, I don't, I, I wouldn't, I'd have to change everything. If I interviewed a guy like that or a player, I would have to do things their way. And I don't know if you figured this out or not yet, but I run this show my way. This is my show. I'm going to say the things within reason that I want, and I'm going to express my sentiments. And I do think my sentiments are mirrored by a lot of the supporters 
Granted, you might not agree with how I say it. That's fine. You don't have to. There's other podcasts for you. But I, w- I would never change my show. I'm not Glenn. I'm not Eddie. I'm, I'm not any of them. And they don't need to be me. You do you. I'll do me. But the fact that he said, Glenn, you wouldn't have to invite me. I would volunteer. That really speaks to the character he has. Excuse me. The perceived character that he has. We don't know anybody. Right. I mean, people thought Ted Bundy was a handsome guy. Turns out he was murdering people for years, dozens of people. People thought John Wayne Gacy was a friendly clown. He was wrestling and murdering men in his basement. You don't know anybody ever. You only know the facade and the mask that they wear and what they allow you to see. And what Ted has allowed us to see so far, I like. I like it. He's going to be visible. He's going to get back in the media. It's going to increase the coverage. Yes. World Cup bid. Do that shit. Do it. Fucking do it, player. So that wraps up the interview. We're getting close to the end of the show. Um, It was a busy week. It was exciting. It's It's a good time, kind of, to be a Dynamo fam. We got Portland on Friday night, which is fine with me. I won't be there. I won't even be in Texas. I'll be leaving on a jet plane to Vegas. Now, I will tell you, the last time I went to Vegas, I disappeared for 24 hours. This time I'm going for my idiot brother's wedding, and he's marrying, wait for it, drumroll please, my ex-wife's sister. So we're getting the gang back together. It's like a family reunion that nobody wants to go to. And I actually, right now, I'm about to leave work. I have to go over to Goodwill and pick me out a hot, hot poppin' suit. And then at some point, head over to Ulta, get me some curlers, because I do want to curl my hair up and see what it looks like, because I'm really kicking around the idea of curling my hair before this wedding. I bet that'll be received well. Anyway, big interview with Ted, big news, Matt Jordan going. Another guy in the front office is gone. We got this game. Get out there and support him. Watch it on TV. I hope we see a bump in attendance as kind of a message like, hey, you did the right thing. We appreciate what you did. You listened. So because you listened, because you made us come just a little bit, we're going to show back up and we're going to support you. And we, I, I'll always support them. I can't make every game, but I'll always support them. And you should too because we support the players. We support the crest. We support the club. And we support the city. We haven't supported the front office, and we've had a reason to not support them. They've been shit to us. So, boys and girls, that is it. Houston Dynapod Podcast with me, your host, Finister. Um, give us a like, a share, a rate, a review, a subscribe. One of those many different things you can do. Sometime here in the near future, I will be opening up a Patreon account. Um, I, I know we'll put instant reactions on there. i got to toy around with different types of uh, episodes I can... Stick out there. I I hate the idea of making y'all pay for content, but, you know, it is what it is. Everybody's doing it. Might as well get on board. But it'll be worth your while when, if it happens. Uh, I do need to get back to writing. I've kind of gotten away from that. But it's been a a busy week, man. It's been a a busy few weeks. It's been a rough month. I'm passing the one-month anniversary of being fucking dumped. And uh, I think the depression's gone. Kicked my funk. Feeling more like myself, but Vegas will help that. As soon as I land, first place I'm going, it rhymes with Schmispensary. Yeah, you know, the place that sells weed. It's going to be a 
Good time. I'm going to get high and go to one of them buffets, man. Really gorge myself while I'm there. Maybe win some money. We shall see. Well, get out. Support the club. Let's do our thing. Thank you, Ted, for coming on the show. Thank you for getting rid of Matt Jordan. And, as always, go Dynamo. The lease is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubba Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right. Elise with the assist. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's familiar with failure. Check them out.